are the champion. The one that holds the line and finishes the mission. Everything that you want is within your grasp. You wake up in the morning ready to dominate the day. And every step taken is with purpose and integrity. Because you were not put on this planet to live a mediocre existence. You are here to conquer and make the biggest impact possible. Not only for yourself, but for your family and for your tribe. This world is a battlefield, but we will be victorious. This is the Norse mentality. What's up, guys? I hope that you are having a glorious day. Today, I'm sitting down with Norse athlete Mark Sanchez. He's down here visiting. We've been having some great conversations. So I said, hey, let's jump on the podcast. That way, other people can listen to these great conversations. But Mark started off pretty much in the military at the age of 17. You went into the Army. You were doing infantry work. Last night, you showed me a video of you getting blown up. Yeah, it was a total blast. <laughs> so you did that till what, you were 20? Yeah, so I was I, uh, I joined the military at 17. Uh, the bare minimum contract for Army infantry guys are three and a half years. Um, in the three and a half years, I did things like ranger school. Uh, I spent 12 months in Afghanistan. Um, and then I wanted, I, when I got in, I pretty much projected that I was going to do life in the military. Um, I got my girlfriend, who's now my fiance. And then uh, on my second deployment, I was blown up twice, like you and I were talking about. And I kind of decided there, you know, I liked living. Yeah, it's a cool thing. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, after the first time, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that sucked. And then the second time, you're kind of like, yeah, that not exactly ideal. I can only get blown up so many times until one day I'm just. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. What yeah. made you want to get into it in the first place? Just because it all sounded fucking fun. Adrenaline yeah, rush, I all think that stuff. I was just chasing and chasing adrenaline. Honestly, you know, um, I was a pretty adventurous kid when I was younger growing up. Um, for me growing up in Los Angeles, you know, most of the people that I grew up with were either like chasing being like a rapper or like selling drugs and stuff like that or getting into gangs. Uh, for me, I just, yeah, I wanted to jump out of planes, which I didn't really get to do, unfortunately. But I honestly, I was just chasing combat. Yeah. That was a big thing. Chasing I think it's a natural instinct because I looked yeah. into it too after, well, in high school, same thing. I started talking to a recruiter and yeah. all that stuff. So you did all that time in the military, had a good time, decided that you wanted to keep living. Yeah. You got out. And now, like, what you're known for is powerlifting. Yeah. Right. You so, yeah. competed. At the Ghost. Yeah, the Ghost clashed in February. And yeah. you squatted, what, 837? 837, and I benched uh, 420, and then I deadlifted 804, and I won best overall for the amateur day. And that's like a lot of pretty heavy hitters at that competition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no kidding. Strongest people in the world. Even on the amateur day, there was a lot of really strong people competing in that meet. And how long have you been competing? Or how so you've been competing in powerlifting for what about five years? Yeah, so um, I didn't compete when I was in the army because I was constantly in schools training stuff like that. But I was always powerlifting. That was kind of how I trained when I was in the gym. Um, so I've been my my first powerlifting meet was 2018. I did a local meet in Colorado, and then I went to the world championship afterwards for that. Um, I won there. Um, a lot of my, I have 11 total, I believe powerlifting meets and a lot of those earlier meets, like I just, I kept winning and, um, I know it's easy to kind of like, it's, it's easy to want to celebrate that. Right. But it's like, you get, you get tired of not being challenged. And I think that's where, um, I started losing that ambition, um, and wanting to compete because I wasn't having fun. I wasn't, I wasn't competing with people. Uh, I was essentially competing against myself, but like, I feel like personally there was no, there's no interest in like showing up to a meet and just winning. 
Yeah, maybe once or twice it's cool, but I yeah. can see how that could get old very quickly. Right, and it's like I almost felt like it was just power, like participation trophies at this point because it was either like nobody was in my weight class. That's the hard thing about powerlifting too. Like sometimes you go to a competition and all you got to do is hit your openers and you won. You won. Yeah, and it, I never felt um I never felt challenged. You know what I mean? And so um I think it was like my 6th powerlifting meet. I was at uh, IPL Tested Worlds, and I remember I I tied with a very strong individual. Um, we got the same exact total, and he beat me by like 0.1 on a dot score, which is like your calculated body weight and total yeah. pounds lifted. And he beat me by 0.1 on dots because he weighed like 0.2 ounces less than me or whatever. And I remember as a kid, I was bullied a lot for being like fat and stuff like that. I think that mentally kind of took a toll on me. Okay. And so like I had been so used to winning that I finally had a challenge and it was probably one of the best days of my life. Mm. I PR'd, I, you know, I, I trained really hard for this. I lost a bunch of weight cutting for this meat and stuff like that. And uh, I was having so much fun competing. I wasn't even thinking about winning. And then when we finished we were doing the math before they called up the winners. And I was like, I lost because I was literally heavier than this dude. And so I think the big thing with my downfall for that was, um, I was a 275 guy. Um, I weighed in at like 274.3 and he was like 274 flat. That's some shit. Yeah. And I lost like that. And um, I guess for me, especially being a younger guy myself, I'm 25 right now. Um, and I think I was like 22 at the time or 23. Um, I don't, I didn't know how to deal with losing. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of been fortunate enough to be able to do a lot of the things that I've set my mind to. I have that ambition, um, to be able to kind of just chase after the things that I want to do. And that was like the first time I've really felt like that was out of my control. Mm. Like that was something that I could have done, could have been better at. And I just... I didn't have the control over it. And I was like, wow, I, I'm not used to this feeling. And I didn't know how to deal with it. Do you rage or like, how did you handle it? I went pretty, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I'm pretty open about it now. I wasn't exactly open about it back then, but I was pretty depressed. I felt sorry for myself, honestly. Um, I let the whole weight thing get to me. And instead of like celebrating the fact that I hit PRs, that was like my first 700 deadlift and my first 700 pound squat in a competition. Um, and I just ate, I felt sorry for myself. I was eating junk food, ordering out all the time, you know, and like I told myself, I was like, oh yeah, like I had cut so hard for this meat. I earned this. Yeah. That I earned this, you know, and instead of, instead of acknowledging the fact that I was upset and not reflecting with myself, like what I can do to improve, I felt sorry for myself. And that does nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I sat there and I had a pity party with myself and I went from, I, I weighed in at like 274, like I was saying, um, and in the matter of like six months, I saw myself in a photo with my family and I was 322 pounds. And you competed at 275. Yeah. I was 322 pounds in Holy six shit. months. Yeah. I just let myself go. And then, um, after a while went by, I saw, um, the meet director for the ghost clash Two say like the registration was about to open. And I didn't realize there was like an amateur day. Cause I didn't have the, I didn't have the qualifier to actually go into the pro day, which I do now. Mm. Um, so I saw him post about registration opening up and I, and I didn't tell anybody. I was just like, that sounds like a good idea. 
So I signed up. My my coach was was one pissed because he's like he didn't talk to me about this at all. And I was like, I I need this. Yeah. So he we didn't talk about it after that. And I was like, okay. He's like, I got you. Cool. So I told him I was like, I needed this. And so um I signed up. I think a registration opened in up in like, like October, November ish or so or whatever. Um, I was 320 pounds at the time when I registered and I told him, he was like, are you, well, he asked me if I was going to be a 308, um, and we're going to cut down to 308. I was like, no, I'm a 275. We're going to cut down to 275. And he was like, just set your expectations realistically. And I was like, no, I'm going to squat 800 plus in the comp. I'm going to bench 400 plus and I'm going to deadlift over eight. And he's like, all right, let's fucking and go. He was like, let's get to work then. Yeah. And so uh, we were talking about it earlier. Um, trading for the ghost clash too. Um, I'm pretty transparent about it. That was my first time like running gear. Um, and I was having about 2,400 calories a day and that was taxing. By the way, like you were 320 pounds eating 2,400 calories a day. Yeah. That's like breakfast. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was hard, dude. Like I'll, I post about my meals a lot and stuff like that. And like, I'll have like eggs, cottage cheese, egg whites, like yogurt and stuff like that. Um, I completely switched out rice because it just, I couldn't, I couldn't eat enough meals and fit the carbs in my, in my macros. So there's a lot of protein. Just all protein. My fats were at like 40 or 50 grams. And then I was having like, just honestly, potatoes. Cause I realized you can have a Filling. ton of potatoes feel full and it doesn't hit that many carbs. I no, was, I was pretty shocked. So. Yeah. Potatoes. <laughs> yeah. I love potatoes, man. But that's the yeah. thing with it is it's so much easier to get in, you know, what you need in rice instead right. of potatoes. But yeah. yeah. That, so going back to the ambition thing, you said that you've always been like a pretty ambitious person. Where do you think that comes from? I think external doubt. Yeah. I think a lot of times I've faced things like when we were talking last night about how, when I was getting out of the army, uh, like as soon when you're in the army and if you're performing well, like everybody loves you. But the minute you talk about getting out, everybody's your enemy. Like I remember one one of uh, one of the guys that I was in the army with. He specifically was like, "I hope you end up on an underpass, being homeless when you get out." Do you and think then, it's like an envy thing that you're fucking leaving and they're they're not? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Honestly, for some it's, people, for a lot of people, yeah. I mean, a lot of people. The the military is a weird kind of environment where it's like for a lot of people that's where they develop. Yeah. Right. Like me, I was in from 17 to 20 years old. And that probably like built life. a huge foundation exactly. for who you are now. Right. I agree. Absolutely. 100%. And so like for a lot of people, I feel like they take the military with a grain of salt and they never really develop themselves. They just spend a lot of time partying, drinking. We go out to training and a lot of it kind of goes back to what I was talking about, feeling sorry for yourself. Like, oh, you know, I earned this. I... I, you know, went to training for a week. It sucked. I had to sleep out in the dirt. Now I'm going to come home, order Domino's, build a fort with my Domino's boxes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like and, and a lot of it is that. And, and I think I'm not bashing any other service members that I was with or anything like that. But I think the big problem is that a lot of people are afraid and, and everybody has – you kind of talked about it uh, last night too. A lot of people just have egos that they don't know how to overcome. And they're afraid of getting out because they're afraid and they have that anxiety of, of they're going to have to deal with yourself. Exactly. You're going to have to face yourself. That's a pretty well-known thing. Cause I asked you last night, like, was it hard transitioning? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know a lot of people that that's the toughest part, especially yeah. with people that were doing infantry work like you, like there is probably no adrenaline rush like that, especially getting it. fucking blown up. I love it. Yeah. Like yeah. it sounds, 
sounds sick. Like it yeah. sounds terrifying. Of course, and I'm not going to talk be... to people who weren't in, and I'm like, I miss the adrenaline rush, and it know? makes I, sense. I miss being overseas. I talked about it with one of my buddies, where it was like being downrange overseas, deployed, and stuff like that. It's like the most peaceful thing. You don't have bills. Most of my time overseas, I didn't have a significant other, so I wasn't worried about that. You have one mission. I have one that's thing it. to focus about. Well, yeah. One thing, I have one objective to complete and come home with my friends. That sounds... Peaceful. Yeah, that sounds very peaceful, actually, yeah. compared to life yeah. in the regular world. Right. Where it's a million things right. every single day and all that. Like we had, I had, I had, I had like partial anxiety this morning because you were like, oh, yeah, let's, let's shoot at like 10 in the morning. And I was like, it's late, but yeah. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hell for that. Everyone that comes on, like, what are we going to talk about? I was like, I have no idea, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll just go out. with it. Yeah. Yo. And that's where it was, where it was like, you know, I never had anxiety because in the military, um, you, I'm sure I was anxious a lot of times, but like, you're kind of told where to go, when to be there, what to wear, what to have. And it's like, you're babysat. And that's going back mm. to what I was talking about earlier. A lot of guys who get into the military, it, it, it's anxiety. They don't know how to think for themselves. And it, and it's one thing that I think is a major problem is overcoming that ego and overcoming that fear and being like, you know what? This is who I am. This is who I want to be. I'm going to go do it. So that's the part right there. And I wish more people understood that it's you can decide who you want to be and then you become that person. Yeah, and it doesn't matter when. You it can, doesn't matter who you are at yeah, the current moment. Exactly. You just have to create this idea in your head and then bring it into reality through your yes. actions and your habits. Yeah. Yeah, that's I. I mean, I'm not in the military. I don't know, but I could definitely see that being yeah. a thing. You talk about being anxious and stuff like that. What helps you overcome that? Because I'm sure when you came home, there was a ton of anxiety. Yeah, I didn't know there what was did a time. There was a time when I actually I got out, um, and I was in this boot camp for school. I work in cybersecurity now, and um, there's a time where you know you suffer from like imposter syndrome. And honestly, to answer your question about anxiety, I think it's that self doubt, that lack of confidence of like I don't think I belong here, and you have to kind of one. I, I would honestly say lie to yourself sometimes a little bit, just 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 hype yeah, yourself just to up, get, just to get going. Yeah, just to get going, and then all of a sudden, the more you keep swimming, the real the the faster you'll realize you, you'll get to the shore. I think that's what anxiety is because I used to suffer with it a lot, especially social anxiety and stuff like that. I think it boils down to two different things. You have anxiety because it's an underlying fear, and the only way to overcome that anxiety is by taking action and overcoming the fear. Right. That's really all it boils down to. And there is no like, there's a lot of people like, oh, that's fucking something stupid to have anxiety about. You can't bash anyone for how they feel. No, but what you not. can do is be like, hey, you need to take action. If right. you really want to resolve this, mm. you need to do something for that. Right. And that's addressing the fear. But okay, why do I feel this way in these situations? Right. And then taking action, developing a plan of attack that will allow you to do so. Right. But when it comes to the imposter syndrome, because that was where the anxiety was coming from, how did you deal with that? Because that is something that a lot of people struggle with now. That's definitely in like the modern age because you pretty much think that you know everyone what everyone's doing because yeah. of social media and stuff right. like that so it's like well i'm not like this person so i must not be right. good enough how did you overcome that whole imposter syndrome thing honestly the big thing that i would say helped me for imposter syndrome was one finding mentors um everything i do whether it's strongman powerlifting cybersecurity, um photography even everything I do, I find a mentor and it, it, and it's reassuring for me, in my opinion, to hear like a lot of people forget that we all start from the beginning. It doesn't matter where you're at in your career. Now we all started somewhere. It doesn't matter what you're doing in general. If yeah. it's going into the gym, starting a new job, maybe yeah. even dating for the first time, yeah. 
you start at zero with right. no matter what endeavor you're trying to right. pursue. And it's reassuring to hear that from other people, right? Like for me, imposter syndrome was like, I was, I have no formal educate. Well, besides high school, but I didn't have any formal bachelor degree. I didn't go to college. I didn't do any of that. I was an infantry guy in the army that if, if you don't know what the infantry is, there's no computers. Uh, my biggest selling point was I knew how to operate a radio and for me, imposter syndrome was I didn't know I belonged because I was hanging out with like a bunch of, you know, kid child nerds who were coding since they were like nine and doing hacking for years and stuff like that. And I would just sit there and I'd be like, one, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. And then two, I don't know if I have it in me to 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 do what you guys do. And I think we talked about it yesterday where it, it comes to this like self-realization where you have to realize that you will always try your hardest, but there will always be a bigger fish in your pond. Always. Always be a bigger fish. And that's what you want, day. though. That's what you right. should want. You should surround yourself with those bigger with fish. With better people. Right. Yeah. And that's that That kind of contributes to, you know, my friend circle, who I hang out with. I'm very quick with introducing somebody to the circle. And if I realize they're not somebody I want to surround myself with, I, I'm, I'm a very friendly person. But if I realize you're somebody that I don't want to hang out with, I'm okay with just being like, yeah, you're not my type. I won't invite you out. I won't hang out with you because you, you are who you hang, you become who you hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I see that. And I saw that in the military. I think your last podcast, your speaker was talking about too, like when he stopped drinking and he stopped partying, he realized people stopped hanging out with him. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, then that's the hard part too, is especially these people that you're hanging out with for 10, 15, 20 years maybe right. even, and deciding that you want something better for yourself and the only people that you're around are making you feel bad right. about that decision. And, yep. and then there's a whole loneliness thing, and right. that's something that I've discovered too throughout the years, is the more that you level up, the less friends that you're going to have. Absolutely. And that's just that's something that you're going to have to accept and deal with. And it goes back to what do you want? Who do you want to become? If you want to be this ideal version of yourself, that means cutting out the garbage, right. your bad habits, the people that you hang out with, the media that you consume, every single thing boils down to that because right. it goes back to that as well. You are what media you consume. Right. If you spend all day on Instagram looking at stupid shit, that's not serving you right. and moving you in that direction. Yeah. you're going to start thinking like that. Exactly. It's so it's so easy to become influenced by things, especially your surroundings, especially if you're walking into unknown territory. I feel like, you know, like if you have no background, how do you know what to trust or not, right? Like I tell people, I coach a lot of, I don't coach. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a coach, but I do mentor a lot of people getting into powerlifting and strongman. The big thing that I tell them is like, look, I'll give you advice. But you need to understand that everybody advice, everybody's advice is going to be a little bit different. It, you need to find what works for you. Yeah, and then tweak it even yes. if needed. Yeah. Well, find what works for you. Be careful of the advice you take. I, I mentor a ton of people getting into cybersecurity now, um, right, because I came from no tech background at all, no computer background at all, and I managed to get into a Fortune 50 tech company working cybersecurity. So now I help people change their careers and get into, into tech. And, and the big thing that I always tell people is, one, I'm not going to have all of the answers to your questions. And you're going to find a lot of people who want to be mentors and want to help you succeed. But be careful with the advice you consume because everybody's different. Everybody has a different amount of luck. 
and everybody has different opportunities. Yeah. A lot of people I know found opportunities that don't even exist anymore. If they quit their job, they wouldn't even be able to do that. Yeah, they'd have to completely switch gears. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's my biggest thing. So, like, to answer your question about the anxiety and the imposter syndrome thing, um, it was one, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who are hungry. I wanted to be around people who weren't there to just kind of screw off. You know, I, went, I talked about uh, going to that cybersecurity boot camp right after the army. There were kids that were there that were kind of just like, oh, yeah, my parents sent me here and I'm kind of just here for fun. You know, um, there are other people who were like struggling, but they were hungry and ambitious. Like I like working with them because, you know, I like being around the hard workers that wanted to actually do what we all wanted to do. That was you as well because you were having yeah. to work your way up from the bottom. Yeah. And I was a mover at the time. And I always talk about this. I was a, in Colorado, we have a company called College Hung's Hall and Junk. And I was doing that. And I have a cat allergy. Oh my God. Let me tell you, I, I hated being a mover. That sucked. At every house that I moved, cats just dying. <laughs> so I'd like die from allergies with cats, go back, go back home from work in a whole day of moving houses. And then I'd, I'd start studying and I would just be sitting there dying. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the pollen allergy. Just yeah, man. All over the podcast. I was going to have to give a disclaimer before this podcast. <laughs> I forgot because I've had so many people talk shit over me having a runny nose and videos and stuff. But yeah, like it's absolutely whooping my ass right now. Yeah. But yeah, that was the thing, you know, I'd stay up long nights trying to find, you know, find jobs, apply for jobs, reach out to people, network. Um, but to overcome things, I don't want to drag it out too far. But like, yeah, I would one find mentors. And that was the big thing is I'd find reassurance and good mentors to people who knew that nothing comes overnight. You got to you got to take the long walk. And the second thing too was also kind of, I had to come to this realization where it didn't, it wasn't going to be an external entity. It wasn't going to be a sub supplement or anything like that. I had to believe that I belonged. Yeah. And so it, I'm not going to sit here and say like affirmations or whatever, anything like that. But like, I had to convince myself that no matter how out of place I felt, if this is something that I really wanted, which it was. I have to start telling myself that I belong here because it's something that I did want. Do you use visualization and stuff like that? Like visualizing yourself, like doing absolutely. this job and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like when there's times where I don't know things, like I'll start visualizing like how I can achieve goals, how I can learn things, how I can improve and stuff like that. Um, and then honestly, one of the biggest things when you talk about like visualization, like manifestation and stuff like that, like, yeah, I think that plays a big part in it. Um, Cause one, it comes back to what we were talking. I was just talking about, about like believing in yourself, right? Cause like you kind of have to visualize yourself in your shoes, in your future yeah. to be able to kind of set that goal and act it out yeah. in the present. Yeah. You have to kind of understand where you're setting yourself up for. Um, but for me, like everything I speak, I speak into existence and I, I harp on that pretty heavily because I'm a big believer in if you're going to talk the talk, you should also walk the walk. And so if like, if I'm a big person, if like, if I'm going to say, I'm going to do something for you, I'm going to do it. I'm right. going to knock it out. If I would say, especially if I'm going to say, I'm going to do something for myself, whether it's taking care of my family, cutting weight for like the ghost clash too, and staying 
relatively around that weight or, you know, doing something with my fiance, I'm going to, I'm going to make it a a priority. Well, you have to deal with yourself when you don't hold up to what you say you're going to do. That's the worst part is when you say that you're going to do something and you don't do that for yourself, you have to deal with yourself because there's an internal voice is like, what the fuck is this? Right. You didn't do this. Yeah. And then that's where you have two choices. There are either self pity is going to, you know, you can either do a pity party or you can put on your boots and fucking get to work and prove to yourself that no, like, I'm going to do this. Right. And then over time, like that reassurance, and that confidence comes back. Right. But that's what people don't get, man. And I see that a lot. People will make commitments. It's like, don't make fucking promises that you can't keep. And it's because I know firsthand as well as like, you have to deal with that. Right. Yeah. You might let down another person, which sucks, especially if it's your fiance or family or whatever. But the worst part is laying in bed at night, knowing that you could have done better and you didn't yeah. do it. That, that happened to me tremendously, actually, right after the ghost clash. We were talking about it last night where it was like, that was the hardest I've ever trained for a competition. I mean, I was like three, four hours in the gym, four or five nights a week. You know, I, w- I would skip dinners. I was that asshole bringing like meal prep to fucking family gatherings and shit like that. And um, it was hard. I couldn't find a balance in the discipline, if that makes sense. It's such a, this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately, which is why I'm really glad that you brought it up yesterday. And now we're yeah, talking about I it here and find balance in the discipline is because this is what I'm struggling with too, is the quickest way to get from point A to point B is in a straight line, complete tunnel vision on one objective and getting there. And I do believe in that that right. is proven. But at the same time, you have obligations outside of there that are probably more important important. than this objective that you're trying to pursue. Like powerlifting is awesome. Hitting an 800 plus squat is amazing. Cutting this weight, all this stuff is very beneficial. And with me, it's business. Yeah. You know, like I want to grow this into an empire. Right. But at the same time, I can't let that get in the way of my family, being with my partner, being with my kid. Right hanging out with friends who I'm fucking terrible about now. Like luckily all my friends understand cause I do see them here at the Norse compound and stuff, but I will go months without talking to people. And it's because I'm so dialed in on this one thing. Right. But really what I've been thinking about here lately is what is it going to look like when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old? What's really going to matter? And right. it's going to be the people that I'm around. Yeah. And I have this visual in my head of like what my future like looks like when I'm 50, right. 60 and I'm sitting at this big table I have a mountain house, big ass windows. <laughs> we got this giant table there and I have my kids, my wife, grandchildren, maybe all my closest friends. If Norse is still a thing, which I hope it is, you know, <laughs> our team is sitting there. Yeah. Like I have all my closest people at this table. And if that is my main objective at the end of the day, yeah. 30 years from now, you gotta set your priorities. then I got to make sure that my priorities are still there. And sometimes it is great being completely, being having that ability to get completely dialed in. It's like, yeah. fuck everything else. I'm going in this direction. You get the Do not get in my yeah. way. And that's an amazing feeling right. getting so disciplined that nothing is going to stop you, but you got to make sure that it's worth it at the end of the day. Right. And that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow Yeah, because you have to kind of, you have to think long-term. And what I mean by long-term is 10, 20, 30 years from now, yeah. not just necessarily three Finding months from balance now. Balance in the discipline. Cause that was a big thing. Like I remember coming after the ghost. So the, the, the weekend of the ghost was a pretty eventful one for me. If you guys don't follow me already. Um, but basically I went into the ghost. Um, 
I won best overall for the amateur day. I had an 837 squat, a 420 deadlift, and an 804, uh, I'm sorry, a 420 bench and an 804 deadlift. Um, I won best lifter. And um, the following day, I proposed to my girlfriend, now fiance. Um, very eventful weekend for me. And I remember just coming back on our flight from Colorado or a flight to Colorado from Miami. And I just remember sitting there and I was like, I'm really blessed and happy that she said yes. I, I obviously knew she was going to say yes, but like looking back on the prep, um, we talked about it actually one time where it was like, it's taxing for her. And I didn't realize that. And I, I, I kind of sat down with her and I was like, what do you mean it was taxing for you? Like I was the one training, I was the one cutting, I was the one getting ready. You weren't for doing anything, I was yeah. doing all the work. <laughs> and then like we got into this argument and bless her heart because I love her to death. And she was like talking about like, you know, like, you know, when you would go to the gym, I'd walk the dogs. When you came home late, I made dinner and stuff like that. And like, or even quality time was yeah, gone. Yeah, and just even quality time where we would just sit on the couch and do nothing. I wasn't doing that. Um, but you had complete tunnel vision. I was so tunnel visioned for some reason. I, it was kind of unreachable, but I wanted the all time world record squat, which was like 903 pounds at the time for the 275 guys. And um, I was so tunnel visioned and hitting that. That was my. That and a 2,000 pound total were my only goals going into the ghost. It wasn't winning. It wasn't being best lifter. It was a 415 kilo squat. And I finished with 380. So clearly I'm ambitious like we talked about yeah. earlier. And a 2,000 pound total. And I ended with a 2060. Um, and I remember just sitting there um, one night. It wasn't like an argument. Like we weren't in a fight or anything. But I was just kind of something that I don't ever really do that I need to. And I, I understand why I need to do now is self-reflect. So I looked back, um, my entire prep of the ghost. And I was like, damn, my fiance handled my girlfriend at the time. She handled a shit ton of things while I was sitting there fucking around in the gym. And it was kind of like you and I were talking about last night where for what it yeah. was, it was, uh, I was fortunate to win some cash from that competition, but like, $500 isn't going to feed a family at the end it might of the day, for like a week, but, yeah. but like I also for paid for a flight to go to Miami, which is not very cheap. And I stayed there for almost a week. So like that $500 basically went into me just going there. <laughs> what do you think it really was at the end of the day? Was it you proving to yourself after that competition where you lost by like 0.5 or whatever? Like, do you think there's like you said, like talking to your coach, I need this, right? So going into it, that was your mindset as well. Like, I need to do this for me. For me, yeah. Which is good at times. Like, you right. have to think that way. Like, yeah. you should put yourself first and Absolutely. sometimes. Right. I think the big thing was is that, like, um, it's kind of, again, like I was saying, finding balance in the discipline because I needed it for selfish reasons. But also, when you start talking about building a tribe, people rely on each other. And, you know, I want to build a strong, healthy relationship with my now fiance. I want to build a long-term future, have a healthy family and be there. I want to, like we talked about last night, I don't, nobody's going to care if I die one day that I had a 22 plus hundred total or whatever, if I never spent time with my kid. Well, they're not going to write your total on your tombstone. Exactly. It's going to say loving father, right. loving husband, right. et cetera. Nobody's going to care. And it was kind of like what I was talking about you, talking to you about uh, yesterday as well, where it was like. I didn't even feel like the amount of gear was worth it, even if it was a little or a lot or however you kind of perceive it. But I was like, this sucked. 
I was having insomnia, so I just sat there and stared at the ceiling all night. I mean, you weren't recovering. From I your wasn't workouts. recovering, you know, and just and I was getting nosebleeds all the time. My girl was getting pissed, cleaning my blood off the kit, off the sink and stuff like that. And it was just like, at what cost, you know? If I if I die from powerlifting, cool. A few people and if you support me, I love you. But <laughs> but a few people on Instagram are going to be sad, and that's not. That's not where I want to take my life. I want to be there for my kids one day. I want to be there to support them. I want to be there for my fiance who will eventually be my wife. And I want to have a life. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that, you know, doesn't know how to balance priorities. And, 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 and now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a world champion powerlifter and I'm going to die one day. And what did I, what did I leave here? Yeah. What do you, I mean, there's multiple things I want to tackle from that, but the self-reflection part, you said that that's something you should be doing more. I, I agree. I think everyone should be doing it as much as possible, including yeah. myself. What is your favorite way to just detach from the world and do that internal work, that yeah. self-reflection, deciding where you are right now, what maybe mistakes you made recently, where yeah. you want to be in the future? Like, What is your strategy for doing so? Honestly, the biggest thing, and I've been pretty fortunate that it happens to me, but I just sit back, light a cigar. And I just use that downtime because it's been, I've been pretty fortunate to where every time I've had a cigar in my hand, nobody bugs me. My phone's really quiet for some reason, no matter what time of the day I'm smoking a cigar. It's just, it's weird how it lines up. It's like up. a sign from the universe. Yeah. It's like, like Mark needs that. <laughs> Mark needs this time. Everyone fuck yeah. off. Yeah. I smoke a lot of cigars. And um, honestly, that's, that, that's kind of that. I sit on my porch or I sit back on my deck and I kind of just light a cigar and I, I think, I think about what I can do to improve. I kind of have that gut check with myself and be like, Hey, you were kind of an asshole here or like, Hey, um, you could have done this better. And I mean, I don't beat myself up about stuff like that. You know, you can't, you can't beat yourself up because you need to take that feedback and actually implement it. But if you're too busy having a pity party and being like, Oh, I could have done this or, Oh, I should have done this better in a relationship. If you're wasting time, it sucks to be able to, it, it sucks to have to say that you're wasting time on something because I don't feel like time's ever wasted. You can definitely waste time on things like Instagram and stuff, but like if you're not constantly learning with your experiences, then yeah, that sucks that you're wasting time. Cause I think that's the most precious thing you can do. And so when you talk about like reflection, um, you know, it's being honest with yourself. I think the biggest problem with a lot of people who do self-reflection or we call them like retrospectives or anything like that, um, you're not honest. Sometimes you need to do it with a friend if that's honestly the case. And that's my opinion is, you know, I have a friend, I'll shout him out, Dalton. Um, he's going through a breakup right now. I love him to death. But like sometimes I just need to be there and be like, yo, like stop talking about her. You need to stop beating yourself up you're a great human being. You had some hard times and you know, you were hard on yourself, but it's okay to, to feel sad. It's okay to have emotions. I'll always, I'll always support that. It's okay to have emotions. I think that's important for people to realize, especially men. Yeah. It's okay to have emotions. It's okay to be down. Right. But, but pick yourself back pick up. Pick yourself back up. There's always going to be a moment where, you know, you should feel emotion. You should feel sad. You should feel grief if you need to. And you can celebrate the things that do happen, but you need to pick yourself back up and you need to keep going. Because I think all those negative emotions are beautiful. Yes. Like I came to that realization. If I'm sad about something. That means it was a precious moment for you. It was precious. You, you know, yep. if I miss, I, I, I talked to my kid about this. 
if she says that she misses someone and she's down, I'm like, well, you know what that means, right? She's like, what's that? It means that you love that person. Right. If you miss someone, that means that you love that person. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right. So we can learn something, like you were saying, from these times that we do fuck up. But I think going back to what you were saying about people need to be more honest with themselves in these situations. If you are reflecting and the only thing that's going through your head is how this person did this and this person did that and all you're doing is no, passing the blame. It's got to be about you. You are always responsible for some sort of that situation. Say if you and your partner get into a fight, yeah, like maybe they did something that triggered you that pissed you off, but you did something as well. Or if it's something going on at work, right. the boss is down your neck about something, well, you probably could have handled the situation better. Right. If you're always passing the blame during self-reflection, yeah. that means you're not being honest with yourself. No, not at all. Because now you're just handing off that to somebody else. Well, you're playing the victim card. Right. You're playing the victim. Yeah. And that will get you. That's the same as get you self-pity. Right. Those are the two things you can't, you can't tolerate. I'll give myself about... 15 minutes maybe right? of yep. self-pity big thing that you know I i'll have okay I'll set a hard time i tell my girlfriend this or my fiance this now too i'm getting used to calling that but uh <laughs> i love it but uh you know i tell her this all the time i'm like let's be sad for 15 to 30 minutes but after that let's start let's start trying to fix things. yeah now we're in the future right you know let's yeah. process this accept it for reality at this right. moment and then move on yeah from there. and i feel bad though too because you know Sometimes she'll be like, I know I'm not trying to be sad. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, I didn't mean it like that. Like, we need, you need to be able to feel emotion. Yeah. You need to be able to celebrate the fact that you can't be sad about something. Some people can't. Yeah. I mean, that Some sucks. people don't know how to be upset. And they, or just, they think it's not okay. Right. So they and suppress they just, it. And... They just suppress it and they carry on to it. And then sometimes they finally snap. And I'm like, no, you need to be able to let out your emotions. But whatever way to, works best for you. Right. Exactly. Take your time. But let's set like a, a decent amount of hard time stop and then let's start trying to fix things. Yeah, you definitely got to kind of set that time limit for yourself. With me, it's like I'll, I'll have that conversation. I'm like, yeah. all right, 15 minutes. Right. Go ahead. I'm going to walk away and yeah, I'm going to be fucking Do mad. your fucking thing. <laughs> throw a little fit. You know, yeah. whatever you need to do, man. But then we're going to snap yeah. out of it. Because most people, I'll be honest, if you do set a hard time for yourself, by the time that that hard time hits – I feel like most people, especially myself, they feel better. You have to, man. Yeah. And you also have to accept that whatever your mechanism is for letting out that emotion right. is okay. Yeah. Like, I'll be real. I'm a fucking crier, dude. Yeah. Like, okay. I, I will fucking. I'm very so, okay with some, admitting Sometimes that I, cry. I yeah. will just, fuck, sometimes I just got to fucking let out a cry. Yeah. But if I do that, I'm fucking good. It's like yeah. nothing ever happened. But yeah. if I don't, because I want to be fucking Billy badass or whatever, fuck with you it forever. just continues. But then what happens is it turns into anger. Yeah. But some people like crying is not their thing. And that's fucking cool too. Yeah. Maybe they just need to hit some shit. Yeah. Preferably not your wall or car or something like that. Or but, you a significant know, other. Or a significant <laughs> other. Definitely <laughs> please, don't do don't that. don't do that. You know, but like that's where like having a punching bag or having an outlet yeah. like jujitsu or Muay Thai or something like that. Yeah. Or even just hitting the fucking gym. Yeah. That was my outlet in my early 20s. That's when I started lifting was I was angry. I was fucking pissed off. I was depressed. I was drinking all the time. I was eating like shit. I was like, hey, I need – this is not beneficial for where I want to be in the future. Right. So I started running. Oof. And then I was like, hey, well, <laughs> there's got to be something cooler than this. So then, <laughs> and then I'm, just, I'm just fucking around. Like I, I still enjoy running every once in a while. But then I started lifting weights, and then that's where like I really got – addicted to it because I was able to let out that aggression in yeah. my early twenties. I had plenty of it. Yeah. And then now 
the weights don't necessarily do it as much for me, but I do have, you know, I'll do a sparring session or something with Muay Thai or it's like do some drills or even just yeah. a punching bag if I can get into yeah. jujitsu, whatever. For me, it's honestly just training my dogs. I like spending really? time with my dog and just yeah. doing tricks or something they might know. Just It's all about what's what works yeah. best for you and just accepting that and yeah. letting that be and not beating yourself up because there's all these stigmas around it. Right. Especially with men. You yeah. shouldn't cry. Well, I just fucking said yeah. that that's my like default. I like crying. I'll just fucking do it because I feel better afterwards. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Moving on. I don't yep. give a shit anymore. But people will be like, oh, I can't be a fucking bitch. I can't do that. Right. Or even anger. That's another thing. Yeah. And that's something with me is, you know, it's you got to be fucking stoic and you can't let anger get the best of you. And sometimes it just fucking does. And the right. last time it did for me, because I tried to suppress it for so long, I ended up walking outside and I fucking elbowed my truck if you go out there there's still a den in there but i just walked outside and i didn't even think about it. i just fucking hit this truck with yeah. a side elbow and after i'm like what the fuck was that but it got to that point because i was trying to suppress yeah. that anger like anger is a natural emotion and you can choose how you want to respond to that right but yeah i think just finding that outlet is being okay with that outlet and just accepting right. it for what it is and doing it is, is huge yeah but so many cool things have already been talked about in this conversation. Yeah. I love it. I want to go back to the whole finding balance in the in the discipline. That's what I was thinking that. too. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, that's that's still actually a, a a challenge that I kind of run into, right? Whereas like we were talking about my fiance who's like kind of taking care of all that shit. And I had been so tunnel visioned to be like, I gotta be, you know, this body weight. I wanna hit these numbers. And you realize I'm like, shit, for what? What did I what am I getting out of this? Does, do people still talk about the ghost clash too? No, it happened like three months ago, two months ago or whatever. Yeah. About three February. weeks later, they're done. Yeah. Three weeks later, nobody cares. So what? I put in all that time and effort for a few fist bumps and a few likes on Instagram. Meanwhile, my girlfriends or my fiance sitting here telling me about how, Hey, you know, now that you're out of prep, can you help out around the house? And at first I'm like, what are you talking about? And then that's where we had got that defensive. Yeah, I got defensive and I wasn't honest with myself. And then, you know, I, it took that time to self-reflect. And I was like, shit, I was fucking up. And I'm, 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 but I'm, I want to promote the fact that I still celebrate that, that victory. I still celebrate all the effort that I put in, but you have to come, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to come to that self-realization and be like, you know what? I did that. It's in the past. Here's how I can do this better. And finding that balance in the discipline and being like, you know what, I can be very tunnel vision for this, but there's still things that are more important than this. Yeah. And it's like you said earlier, nobody's going to write your fucking total on your tombstone. No. I'm fucking, I'm be lucky if I fit in a coffin. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, surround yourself with, with strong people because my casket when I die is going to be pretty this damn gonna be heavy. a hefty <laughs> casket. <laughs> and so, yeah, finding discipline or finding balance in the discipline, right? And, and, and being able to realize your priorities. And even if you have to shift your priorities daily, just make sure that you're confident in the way that you find balance. I think for me, I usually break it down physical, mental, and spiritual. Like yep. I have those three priorities. And for me, family and stuff like that falls into spiritual. Yep. Um, you know, mental, it's usually just self-improvement, either if it's reading or business, I would say like business and mental play hand in hand. Then of course, getting to the gym, being active and stuff. Like if I'm hitting those three priorities, like I feel like a pretty whole individual Right. when one of those are lacking, because maybe I'm so focused on business that the spiritual aspect or the physical aspect is taken 
put on the back burner. Right. That's when I really start to notice that every part of me is starting to decline. I start feeling like shit. I start getting maybe depressed. I'm starting to get angry more. Right. So it's finding that balance with those three things. And I think the way that you find that balance of discipline is thinking long-term. Right. It's thinking, where do you want to be 5, 10, 15, 20 like, years from now? your future. And then being like, okay, is this thing that I'm so dialed in on right now going to be worth it? Is that going to contribute to this long-term goal? Right. Because every action that we take is setting future us up for success. Right. Like, I'm huge on that because that's the reality of it. Every right. single thing that you do, including the food that you eat, the exercises that you do in the gym or yeah. don't do in general, yeah. the shit that you watch on TV – the people that you hang out with, sleep that you get, <laughs> the sleep that you get, this all impacts yeah. you in the future. Right. And there is no more important person yeah. than yourself five years from now. Exactly. Or God forbid, fucking yeah. 40 years from now when like, that's when we really start wreaking, like we right. really start noticing all that neglect that maybe we weren't putting in. Right. Or we didn't take care of our bodies, so then we're 70 years old and we can't walk anymore. Yeah. Is that going to be worth it? Yeah. No, we have to think long term with this stuff. Right. Yeah, it was like when I was like 320 plus pounds, it was like I see the photos of myself. Some of them are still hanging on my wall. I remember having to like hold my breath to like tie my shoes and like shirts were getting tight and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you got to be able to to find that reality again and be, be able to bounce back, pick yourself back up and get back after it. And for you, long term, you want a family. Yeah. That, that's long term thinking. Like that is right. your main priority, I'm sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And does weighing 320 pounds align with that? No. Am I going to be able to ride rides with my kids at the roller coaster parks and stuff like that? You were telling a story yesterday about yeah, that. Like about you went to the park and you couldn't ride we the went damn to, thing. Uh, me and my family, we went to this place in Colorado Springs called like Cave of the Winds or something like that. And there was this ride that I waited, we waited forever for. And I got to the front and they literally have a scale because it's like a slingshot off of a cliff. And they have a scale because if they basically judge you and they're like, I think you're kind of big. And then to prove their point, they have you step on a scale. Because you sure, I'm sure people are hooting and hollering. And they're yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck you. I'm not fat. And I was like, yeah. get on the scale. Then. Get on the scale. <laughs> it's a genuine safety concern. I waited there with my at the time girlfriend and um, we got away up to the top and she was so excited to ride because we were very hopeful. <laughs> We were very hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> and we got up to the front and they basically told me no. And I could see the look on her face. And I was just like, this is, this sucks. Yeah. This fucking sucks. And the last thing, you know, I'm already now putting her through this. The last thing I want to do is take my kid to a park and their kids got to ride alone or something. That's like the that. memory they have, man. Yeah. That's the last thing you want. That, that scares me. That scares me to death. Yeah. It's to be a father someday and not be there for my kids. No. So we have to think long-term when it comes to anything, like where do we want to be in the future and then make sure that the discipline that we have, this tunnel vision that we have towards an endeavor, right. make sure that endeavor aligns with where you want to be. Right. And I think that's where we're going to wrap up this episode. Yeah. Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can follow me on Instagram at Legend of Mark. Mark spelled with a C, so M A R C. You can also find my YouTube channel, also Legend of Mark, at YouTube. I'll put the I'll put everything in the show notes. Yeah, too, for sure, for sure. But awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Norse Mentality. This podcast is a byproduct of Norse Fitness. We make clothing, fitness accessories, supplements, and other tools to help you reach your true potential. You can check it out at norsefitness.co. And if you found this episode beneficial, please share it with a friend. That way we can continue to make a bigger impact and change the world. Thank you for your support. We'll talk to you soon.